Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Good morning and welcome to Bet the Edge with Drew Dinsick. I am Sarah Perlman and coming up today here, we're going to talk some baseball because Drew Silva's here with value right now in both the American League and National League pennant markets. We're also going to get into some notable matchups today on the diamond. Chrissy Ford is also going to join us. She's going to help us handicap the huge matchup between Alabama and the Florida Gators and some other plays for week three in college football. We also have our edge of the day. That, so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge card by PointsBet. And Drew, crazy game last night. That's all I got to say. Just crazy. I know how much you love the NFL. I'm sure you stayed up for the end, even though you're on the East Coast. But I felt bad in general for our East Coast friends because it was super late. And the last quarter and uh, overtime were by far and away the most exciting part of that game. Hat tip to the Raiders for performing at that level. I didn't see it coming, uh, certainly. Me and uh, they honestly, they they asked some serious questions about this uh, Baltimore Ravens defense. And I don't know that the Ravens have answers, so... Uh, interesting to see that the reaction to this game being not so much moving the Raiders in that much against the Steelers, but oh my goodness, now it is minus four for the Kansas City Chiefs. Good luck finding a Ravens backer this week, but uh, uh, I think that's probably the right side. Yeah, I hate to agree with you there, but look this morning, obviously we talked about that matchup coming up here with the Chiefs and Ravens in Baltimore, but Wolf, a lot of money came in on the Chiefs after we saw the defensive performance last night. Hey, fairly quickly here, 12 underdogs covered in week one after we saw last night, the most ever in NFL week one history, which is wild. You look at the totals, unders went nine and seven in week one, all primetime games, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, went over the total for what it's worth. So that was interesting. I think in a few games, marquee games, I would argue the Chiefs and even last night, we did see home field advantage affect them in a big way, the crowd noise. But another thing we must get to, because we're going to talk more in the NFL and give some plays out for edge of the day because the lines are moving. We talk about that a lot. But before we get to our guest, Drew, something that stood out to me this morning that we're going to take a look at here is offensive rookie of the year and line movement that we've seen. And it's been pretty crazy after week one. You know, there's always a ton of overreactions, but I look at Trevor Lawrence plus 350 right before week one, now at plus 375. Mac Jones, our guy, we have defended him at 11 to one. He started the season at plus 450 after he was announced as their starting quarterback and they released Cam Newton. He's now at plus 260. He is the only one that has now moved pretty much against your favor. So the odds have shortened. Zach Wilson, six to one, now plus 700. 
Trey Lance, seven to one now plus 800. It's obviously easy to make the case for Mac Jones. Now, after we saw him, he was really sharp against the blitzing Dolphins defense. He was good under pressure. They ultimately lost 17 to 16, but he finished with 281 passing yards, a touchdown. Now I love Mac Jones, but rather than phrasing, you know, when's the right time to get involved on him, Drew, as a professional better, when do you get back involved in this market if you do at all? I think we read this out with Mac Jones till the end. Uh, if you need any evidence that the betting public has respect for this guy, he is laying six points on the road in week two. Uh, and I think your breakdown was absolutely correct. If you look across the box scores and the, and the final scores, the one that stands out as the least indicative of what actually happened is totally. that Dolphins – Patriots box score Patriots should have at least had 24 points in that one probably more they were a dominating line of scrimmage there uh, and Mac Jones should become you know should get better and better they should be able to ask more of him as he gets com you know, comfortable with this offense so I'm not saying run out and best bet plus 260 right now but if you're going to try to pick apart some of the uh, the longer shots here I think you need to wait until at least week four because Mac Jones is about to go on a little bit of a tear. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in agreement with there. And I think what's crazy, as you alluded to, is the fact of the week two line we're looking at with the New England Patriots. A lot of trust in this guy. Jamar Chase, I will say 15 to one is interesting because he looked really good in week one. But uh, we ride Mac Jones with the number we got him and the way he's performed in week one. That is a player that we definitely are going to continue to back and hope for the best here. If you have drafted your fantasy team, make sure to dominate your league by purchasing an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription. Get player projections rankings alerts for players on your rosters so much more type in the code sarah 10 you will get 10 percent off any annual subscription of course you're you're stuck with a 10 percent instead of a 15 percent because you waited but still 10 percent is not nothing and if you didn't know already the nbc uh subscription not only gives you great access to help you with your fantasy team but outstanding projections for attacking the player prop market so type in drew 10 get 10 percent off We are going to get back to the NFL and talk college football in a bit. But in case anyone forgot, baseball's still going on. And uh, we're in the thick of it here in September baseball. And we're going to welcome in Drew Silva here, obviously a staple on Circling the Bases podcast on NBC Sports Edge. Drew, huge fan of your content, especially in the fantasy space and in baseball. I love betting baseball. And right now, I'm looking at the AL and NL pennant markets, and it's pretty wild to get my head around some of these numbers. Obviously, we're in the wild card hunt and seeing a lot of teams make some momentum. I'm talking about the Toronto Blue Jays, for example, who right now are 10 to 1 to win the American League. Obviously, in the National League, the Dodgers have remained the favorites. They're plus 100 to win the NL, which is ridiculous, in my opinion. Uh, extremely short odds there. But I'd like your take on essentially what you're looking for now down the stretch and where we could sort of find value in these markets. Yeah, I mean, Blue Jays at plus 1,000, like why not? The hottest team in baseball, a lineup that is humming right now and is not at all fluky. These are all legitimately talented offensive players. The rotation actually looks great suddenly. Big rookie Alec Manoa was terrific on Monday night against the Rays. Robbie Ray making a late charge at the AL Cy Young Award. And they finally stumbled into a group of reliable relievers after that was such an issue for much of the season. Now, as of now, the Blue Jays will be hosting the AL wildcard game and, and would likely be favored against whomever they're playing. You know, Yankees, Red Sox, Mariners, A's still in it. Um, and when you compare that to the Dodgers, who are – plus 100 to win the National League. As of right now, they're going to have to go through the wild card game, um, which is more of a coin flip than what you get in a five-game NLDS, obviously, or a seven-game 
NLCS. And the odds just don't match up for me with uh, the road that has to be traveled for Los Angeles. They're certainly capable of repeating. They're certainly capable of catching the Giants to win a a ninth straight NLS title, I I believe. But I'm sort of done doubting San Francisco at this point. And yeah, you just compare the two currently projected host teams of those wildcard tilts. Blue Jays at plus 1,000 to win the AL. Dodgers at plus 100 to win the NL. If we're talking value, it's it's sort of obvious who to bet on there. I look at the Braves at plus 600. They reshaped their outfield at the, at the trade deadline after losing Ronald Acuna Jr. to that ACL tear. The entire infield has been red hot for a couple of months now. Freddie Freeman's playing for a contract, and it does feel like they have enough pitching between Charlie Morton. Um, Max Freed has been excellent since the All-Star break. Husker and Noah and Ian Anderson, both healthy now. Um, a lot of those players, at least on the offensive side, have been through the postseason grind and experienced offense there. That's an intriguing value ticket at, at plus 600 for me. Oh, man. Okay. This is going to be a fun breakdown, and I cannot wait for this postseason, honestly. There is a lot more moving parts this year than we have in a normal year, and uh, I kind of want to circle back and just ask you a little bit about this Giants team. Market really refusing to truly give them respect. You can still get 11 to 1 on these guys to win the World Series right now. Is there something about this team that we are kind of collectively missing, or is it just because it's not an, an even year? <laughs> yeah, it's because it's not an even year. That, that's, the, that's the sound analysis you expect from, uh, from Beth Wood. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do the power rankings column at NBC Sports Edge. goes up every Tuesday afternoon. Shout out. Um, and I put the Giants in my number one spot three months ago now, thinking that it would kind of be like a, a one or two week stay there and then they'd fade. But like I said, I'm I'm sort of done doubting them at this point. But I don't I, I don't know. I, I don't like have a really good analysis on the Giants because Brandon Belt, Buster Posey having a throwback year coming off sort of a gap year. It seems like every catcher should get a gap year at some point late in their careers. Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria, these are not the kind of players you would expect uh, to be sitting at the top of the baseball world in 2021. But here we are. I think it's a credit to Farhan Zaidi, the club president, mm-hmm. who has really creatively put together this roster. Gabe Kapler, too. I, I know he didn't have the most successful run in Philadelphia, only two-year stint there as the manager of the Phillies, but he seems to be a, a real players manager who embraces analytics and embraces platoons and has gotten a lot out of these players, and they deserve all the credit in the world. I guess at 11-1, to 1, I'd throw a ticket on it, but I, I I'm kind of a doubter. But I'm I don't I don't I don't know what my head is spinning when it comes to San Francisco. I like the Giants at eleven to one actually to win the World Series. And to your point, it's definitely a throwback team. But the one thing I will say is a lot of those guys have experience both in the postseason and winning World Series. They've been with that team for so long. We saw them win the World Series a few years back now. But uh, it was exciting to see them clinch the postseason. I saw a little celebration performance from the San Francisco Giants last night. So kudos to them, eleven to one worth a shot in my book before we get to some games i know you have your eye on for today to get some actionable plays in if it's not the giants who stands out as a really good play other than maybe it is the toronto blue jays the giants who else do you kind of like now to make a push and worth a ticket in the world series market white Sox, and i believe it was plus 700 last time i checked um they're suddenly being kind of overlooked. And, you know, we know they don't have to travel through a wild card game. They've run away with the AL Central, so they'll be in an ALDS. Carlos Rodon, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito in a five-game 
ALDS is lethal. Dylan Cease can jump in as the fourth starter in a seven-game ALCS. They've kind of used this month just to get healthy. Like Tim Anderson has been out. Um, Lance Lynn got some time off. Carlos Rodon got some time between starts. Lucas Giolito's due back uh, tonight. The relief pitching has not has been as dominant lately, but you look at the names in that bullpen, Liam Hendricks, Craig Kimbrell, uh, just to name two, it, it's capable of dominance. And then you just go down that lineup when Tim Anderson returns, hopefully later this week, Luis Robert, Yon Mancata, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, Cesar Hernandez, Andrew Vaughn has really come on. Just all the pieces that you'd want on a World Series contender. That'd be my bet to win the World Series, the White Sox, given where the odds are. They got a lot of publicity earlier this year the field of dreams game but it seems like they've faded and and i wouldn't count them out i, th I think they've really just been trying to get healthy over these last few weeks that's a good take i, I completely agree with you there it would be criminal not to get a couple picks for today's <laughs> uh today's slate out of you here as long as we have you and i there's one game that i want a particular opinion on because i don't exactly get this line um you have a cincinnati reds team that if the playoffs started today would be in the wild card Believe it or not, the Cincinnati Reds are in the playoff picture as of this moment. Yet they are on a two-game losing streak, and they are putting the resurgent Wade Midley on the mound against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, you know, not great. Uh, can we expect the uh, Cincinnati Reds to get back to their winning ways and uh, kind of help solidify this wild card run? Yeah, I, th I think it's smart this time of year to look at baseball teams who are in must-win situations, and the Reds are certainly that. They've hit a bit of a lull here in September, but are still very much alive or even in control in the crowded chase for that second NL wildcard spot, thanks to the Padres completely falling apart. Cincinnati has a very favorable schedule the rest of the way, and it, it's time to take advantage of that, beginning with this three-game set at, in Pittsburgh that begins on Tuesday night. Actually, nine of the Reds' final 18 games are against the Pirates, so it lays out really well for them. To, I know, yeah, it's just a scheduling oddity. And they have the offense to cover the spread in this one, facing a pitcher in Dylan Peters, who has a, a career ERA above 5.50 and doesn't work very deep into games. I'm envisioning the Reds getting into that patchwork, tanking Pirates' bullpen really quickly and – Wade Miley, as you mentioned, riding some positive momentum after an excellent start last week at Wrigley Field. He's got a 2.89 ERA for the year, does Wade Miley. And the Reds are 17-9 and when he pitches. I think it all points to a really good night for Cincinnati. Yeah, Wade Miley, no hitter this season, certainly had a nice bounce back career over the last two seasons. And you're certainly having some agreement. I look now at points bet 95% of the run line handle coming in on the Cincinnati Reds. And it's very easy to see why in this one, two teams in opposite directions finishing out the season. Here's a game that I love. And yesterday we talked a little bit on the show about the Toronto Blue Jays, who are just ridiculously hot. And you've mentioned it. Look at offensive categories. They have been absolutely smoking the ball. 50 runs over their last uh, few games here dating back to Friday, uh, Saturday rather, after their Friday loss to the Orioles. And I look at this team last night, really nice performance against the Rays, got it done, absolutely crushed them on all sorts of the sphere in baseball yesterday. So now they meet again, the Rays plus 115, the Blue Jays a favorite at minus 136, obviously two games. Rays have wrapped up the postseason, Blue Jays trying to make it there. Who do you like? Yeah, I like the over here, actually, nine runs. And the Blue Jays are on an absolute heater right now, 12-1 and one in September, winners of 15 of their last 17 games dating back to August 28th. And you mentioned they, they lead all MLB teams in pretty much every offensive category for this month. Big thanks to Vlad for that one. I'll just say that. <laughs> Vlad, Vlad Jr., Lourdes Gurriel, Marcus Simeon, Teoscar Hernandez, Bo Bichette, all rolling 
Uh, George Springer has managed to stay healthy as of late, and they're a much better team when he's in the lineup, typically hitting leadoff. And the Blue Jays have to keep winning games to improve their position in the AL wildcard race. So I don't expect many days off for that position player core, certainly not in this one against the division rival Rays. And Jose Barrios on the mound for Toronto, he's been steady for the most part since the Blue Jays got him from the Twins, but he's prone to some bad innings. Uh, Drew Rasmussen going for the Rays. He's been really good, but his highest pitch count this year is 74. And that Tampa Bay bullpen has been a carousel of different names, not a very effective carousel in this recent stretch. Uh, Wander Franco's missing right now with a hamstring strain. Hopefully he gets back. But the Rays offense is still dangerous. I think both teams do their part in this one and score a lot of runs and and hit that over. I'm, I'm thinking like 11 run total, maybe even more. Scored nine last night with a better pitching matchup. I'm yep. with you. I do like the over. A little bit surprised. This is just stat nine. I don't know who needs to hear this. It's a GM. Sign Teoscar Hernandez to a fat extension and <laughs> do yourself a favor. Drew, you're the best. Thank you so much. Follow Drew on Twitter if you're not already at Drew Silve. He, of course, is on Circling the Bases podcast, part of NBC Sports Edge, which is great. Tons of fantasy content and analysis on NBCSportsEdge.com. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you guys listening to Bet the Edge. Wherever you're listening or watching, please rate the podcast, sign up. We're giving you actionable information every single weekday, obviously in just about 25 or 30 minutes. Lines are moving quickly. We want to make sure you're gaining an edge with us. So make sure to sign up. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, Sarah is available at Sarah Perlman. Drop her note. Ask her. She was just glowing about Vlad Guerrero Jr. Like he's all of a sudden in the MVP race. Is Sarah hedging her Shoatani action? You, if you want to, if you have a Shoatani MVP ticket and you're nervous, about I'm nervous. Yourself, yeah, I'm nervous. That's correct. Uh, reach out to her and, and come up with a strategy to hedge that sucker because uh, you got a big ticket on be... Shohei. Don't even reach out. I'm telling you, right <laughs> hedge it with Vlad just a little bit. You're going to come out on top either way uh, if you play yeah. that right. But just yeah. ridiculous. Of course, he's doing this down the stretch. Six home runs this month. He's unstoppable. We'll get back to baseball later in the week, but a lot of football to talk about. And for that, we're now going to welcome in Chrissy Freud to talk about some college games. I know she has her eye on and Chrissy, we're super thankful, but I got to start off with a game. You're on the other side against my Florida Gators. And I do understand why it's hard not to like Alabama in this spot. Um, but for me, it's almost an emotional hedge. If they lose and get crushed, maybe I'll make some money on the other side. I look at Alabama, as I said, laying the 15 and a half. And if I look at our edge projection, they're in agreement with you here. There is a little bit of confidence here on Alabama. What do you like in this matchup? What stands out to you? Well, I think when you look at the SEC, Alabama seems to be the best team uh, every year, except for that one year when LSU was really, really good. But this year, it's not even close. And you see this big thing, especially with quarterbacks, where there's no like huge standout quarterback uh, within the SEC outside of maybe Matt Corral, really. And I think my biggest issue with Florida is I study quarterbacks a lot. And if you have two quarterbacks in controversy, you have zero quarterbacks. And I think that Florida is in a spot already mm -hmm. where you're kind of looking at Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. And I think Dan Mullen at this point kind of has to go, uh, who's going to be the stronger guy? And you have to make that decision very early on. And if you don't, then you're going to continue to struggle. Um, I think that. Uh, the Florida defense has some holes in it, specifically opposite of Elam at cornerback. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that Alabama has a dynamic offense, as it always does. And we look at Bryce Young, and it's kind of funny because 
he hadn't really played much before this season. Like, why is this guy, why are you already ranking him a top three quarterback? And you, I just say you have to have faith in Alabama and it's recruiting because they reload every position in a way that no one else can every single year. So I like Alabama covering the spread probably by really a much larger margin uh, than that, just because they are so far ahead. I think that, like I said, Florida has the holes on defense. They do have a hole at tight end because tight end was such a big deal for them last year and they don't really have uh, anybody showing up there right now. And so when we look at their margin of victory too against teams like USF, I think it was about somewhere around 20 points. Uh, that's not good. NC State went in and shut them out uh, not too long ago. So that tells you something. And their other margin of victory was not particularly large against a lesser opponent as well. So I think that they absolutely get uh, throttled by Alabama. I hate to put it that way, but that's the way it's going to go down. <laughs> I had uh, the Alabama team total over circled. And I got to tell you, it's been pretty impressive to see Nick Saban kind of pivot at this point in his career and and become, you know, a team, you know, be able to shepherd, uh, you know, this juggernaut offense in the SEC. So cap tip to the, uh, the great Nick Saban. Uh, moving down the card, another SEC team is in action at Memphis, Mississippi State. They were impressive last week, and now they're only laying three points on the road here. Uh, does this surprise you that uh, you're getting kind of a, a cheap price on an SEC powerhouse? No, it doesn't. And the reason why it doesn't surprise me is because of the inconsistencies that we've seen uh, with Mississippi State in the past and the inconsistencies that we saw with them against La Tech in the season opener. Um, it was the craziest thing because Mike Leach was talking about this is you saw the floor and the ceiling of Mississippi State <laughs> in all three phases of the game against La Tech. It was a roller coaster in the worst of ways for me because I, I'm a fan of the air eight offense. That's kind of like my little niche. So, and then they come in and NC State, though, we can't really um, undermine what they did against NC State because that's that's a team that people are saying is the second best team in their conference. So I think for them to put them away in such dominant fashion to not allow them to get the running game going the way that they did uh, in the previous game really speaks volumes about the way that this defense has grown, about the way that uh, Mississippi State can uh, play more consistent. And then when I look at Memphis on the other side, they've done some good things too. But my issue with them and their latest matchup is they played three really good quarters uh, particularly on defense, and then they run out of gas and the finish is not great and they survive. You will not survive with a defense that runs out of gas against the air raid offense. This is an offensive scheme that's going to spread you out. They're going to tire you out. And if you're already going against lesser opponents and you're getting tired out that easily and you're just escaping, I don't think that you're going to come out of this one on top. And I think that Mississippi State has found itself on offense. I think that they have some room to grow but I think that the Bulldogs are establishing that consistency. I think that they're on a better path than we've seen them be on in several years at this point. And I think that they cover the spread here. I think that Mike Leach and Mississippi State head into that LSU matchup, return home to Davis Wade Stadium 3-0. Love that look. 93% of the handle, by the way, coming in on Mississippi State and that three points they are laying playing Memphis. That's an awesome breakdown, Chrissy. And one more I must get your opinion on, Vaughn also a part of NBC Sports Edge, of course, came on yesterday and talked about Nevada and Kansas State. And that was a trend I've been seeing. A lot of people liking Nevada. This team's the real deal. They obviously looked super good week one against Cal. And now they're laying two. So a little bit of money has come in on Kansas State over the last little bit. So curious to get your take because I'm looking at the bet count split 50-50, but a lot more money coming in on Kansas State. But most sharper betters, I would argue, like Nevada. What's your take on this? Yeah, I think it's a tough matchup. I think that it's going to serve as a good checkpoint as to just where Nevada is and how dynamic the Wolfpack truly are. But 
Carson Strong is my number one quarterback. I think that he processes better than any quarterback in this class. And he told me ahead of the season that he was aiming for an 85% completion percentage whenever he told me that he wasn't declaring for the draft back in January. That number, I think his goal was somewhere around 80%. 79.5%. That was a completion percentage for him and that win over Idaho State. You don't, that's special. I don't care what opponent you're going against. And this is the air raid uh, offense over there as well. And we throw the ball, I mean, 60 times a game sometimes. So if you're completing about 80% of that, that's, that's a, that's a tough thing to do. So I think that on top of that passing game too, I talked to Matt Mummy ahead of the season. And the thing we always talk about with the air raid is what are you going to do whenever they drop eight against you? And Mike Leach will tell you, well, if drop eight was a magic bullet, I wouldn't be here. But Matt's, <laughs> Matt's approach uh, is a little bit different. He told me I'm really confident in this stable of running backs that we have, and they've managed to use them. And there have been some games where they've had over 100 yards rushing while Carson Strong's throwing for 300, 400 yards. So there's just the one word to describe this offense is just dynamic. And this is one of those teams that I think is quickly becoming a powerhouse. They're going to kind of become the Alabama of their conference, in my opinion. And I think that uh, they might not win this game by as much as they've won some of their other games. But I think that they're also nine and two uh, just straight up coming into this one, looking at all the games that they've played over the past 11. So I, I think that they have the edge here. I think that this is a team that has the momentum. Um, I think that both teams are going to put up a lot of points, but I think it's Nevada that comes out on top. And I think that their offense uh, just continues to grow here. Love this look. I've been super convinced to get on Nevada. And Drew, I believe you have as well. You kind of talked about it yesterday. You're on this play. Oh, yeah. We're the Wolfpack now. <laughs> Chrissy, thanks for joining us to be the third of our Wolfpack here. If you're not already, do yourself a favor. Follow Chrissy on Twitter at Chrissy underscore Freud. So much in-depth analysis there, but also on NBCSportsEdge.com. Chrissy, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Awesome stuff. I love when there's some inside QB analysis that we can get to. And I'm also going to start calling us the Wolfpack, kind of like the movie <laughs> to hang over. Um, but in all seriousness, Drew, we wrap up the show as we do every day with our edge of the day. You can go anywhere you would like for today or the week where you find value on the board. What do you got? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not what I want to hear you start with for edge well, of the day. I need like a nice, confident, confident I noise. Yeah, no, it, week two looks freaking tough, man. It does. It's tough. <laughs> I, I, all the sides that pop with val with money with uh, value against the spread um, are just gross. <laughs> They're just gross. And we're could not start could not agree more with you. And that's why you'll see him going to a teaser because it's disgusting oh, out there. <laughs> I'm gonna and honestly. Even today's is not going to be as gross as I will eventually progress to this week. So we're going to start with sort of a glossy Stick one. around all week. Uh, yeah, we're going Indianapolis Colts plus four home dogs against the L.A. Rams. This is a situational spot that I absolutely hate for L.A. L.A., uh, one of two teams that is coming off of a primetime win at home and going on the road, kicking off in an early spot, going up against a team that absolutely must get 
into the winning ways. Uh, I thought Indianapolis looked extremely rusty in that first half against Seattle. Uh, huge miscommunications on defense. Uh, offensive line had absolutely no continuity, no no gel, no uh, confidence at all. Uh, but by the second half, a lot of the kind of the the wrinkles had been ironed out. A lot of the issues were starting to be worked through. And I think you're going to get a little bit more complete performance from Indianapolis here. Meanwhile, Los Angeles, even in winning by 20 points at home against the Bears, gave up just gobs of offense and and really the defense, you know, that we expected to be sort of the signature at least of this team after seeing last season uh, really was vulnerable in some certain spots. And I do think that Indianapolis can take advantage of that. I think Indy can get out to a little bit of a lead here. They play better with the lead, just given the way that they can lean on the run. And I think uh, Frank Reich is a better in-game coach in terms of adjustments. So a lot of things in here to like about Indianapolis. Do they ultimately get the win? I hope so. Uh, But at plus four, this is one that I can't pass up. I really love this look. It's tough not to like the underdog in this spot. I am very much with you. And for what it's worth, I feel pretty comfortable saying now on a Tuesday, points bet will be rooting for the Indianapolis Colts. There has been so much action on them. 90, 90%, 90% of the bet count and handle coming in on the LA Rams after that week one victory, now playing the Colts. So love this look. I'm also giving out a uh, an NFL play for this weekend. I just like it, and I'm afraid these lines are going to move, so I went with a teaser okay. because, as you kind of alluded, the lines are disgusting. I couldn't find anything that I loved. So I took some dogs, and I like the Cowboys now, six-point teaser. I'll get them plus nine. The Vikings now, six-point teaser. You'll get them plus ten and a half, obviously going through key numbers. And I look at the Cowboys playing the Chargers More of a high-tempo offense. I love Dak. They had quite a few explosive plays. And now they have extra time to prepare going into this game because they did play on Thursday night football. Chargers didn't impress me too much, even when Washington lost Fitzpatrick. They went in the red zone six trips in week one, scored only two touchdowns. I think this will be a little different, where it will be a high-scoring affair for what it's worth. Kind of whoever has the ball last will end up winning this game when I look at it and have the scheme in my head. So for that reason, nine points too many. I love the teaser option, and I like the Vikings in a teaser spot. Drew, you and I talked yesterday looking at teams that had huge wins and now that are getting so much respect in the market, and that's where the Arizona Cardinals stand for me. Obviously, the Vikings didn't impress too much against the Bengals in a week one loss, but their offense, you would argue, is a little more deceptive, some more play action than the Titans had in week one. I know the Vikings kind of got killed by that questionable call in week one against the Bengals. So I look at the Cardinals coming off of this big loss, a lot of respect in the market from two and a half to four and a half. So I take the Vikings, tease them up to 10 and a half, go through some key numbers. That is my two-team six-point teaser for Sunday. I absolutely love this. I think, again, you found the best teaser on the board two weeks in a row, so good job to you. Uh, and the reason I say that is really straightforward. We, we, and I, honestly, I can't wait to get to Thursday and pick Warren Sharp's brain about this a little bit yeah. on blitzing the board. But to me, the NFL is the parity is so clear and obvious across the league. There really should not be, you know, that many teams that uh, lose with margin. Uh, and you have picked out two in Dallas and Minnesota that have capable offenses in comeback mode. We just saw it with both of those teams. Uh, and so the likelihood that they get it inside one score, I think is pretty high. And honestly, just this concept of instead of looking for the favorites and getting them under three, the idea of taking some dogs and getting them out past 10, I think is going to be a pretty solid strategy for a lot of this season. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of doing. We saw it in week one. So thank you going again week two, but I love the Colts. I tend to like more underdogs anyway, for what it's worth. 
That wraps up our Tuesday here on Bet the Edge. Touched on everything. Baseball, getting ready for the playoffs. Of course, talked a lot of awesome college football. And now NFL plays on a Tuesday. So much more to come. Thank you for uh, the comments coming in right now. Great show, Wolfpack. So we'll end with, with that coming in. Uh, do not forget to go to NBCSportsEdge.com. So much information, tips, tools, analysis, picks, you name it. We have it there. So be sure to check it out. Thank you to those of you watching and commenting along on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. We do appreciate that. Please rate, subscribe to the podcast. For Drew Dinsick, I am Sarah Perlman, all of us here with NBC Sports and NBC Sports Edge. We'll see you tomorrow. Good luck with all your plays. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.